0: Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 830 or 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Obviously, we're not in the church sanctuary we're actually in my living room here at our home in Allah. And there's a reason that I'm here. Last week I was supposed to take uh, a break. But uh, I'm taking that break this week to be with my wife. And so that's why I'm here. So welcome to our home. Now, over the last few weeks, I've been preaching a series of sermons entitled Journey to Jerusalem. Journey to Jerusalem. We've been looking at some of the pivotal moments in Jesus's ministry as he journeyed to Jerusalem, and some of the pivotal experiences that he had with people he encountered all the, along the way as he made his way to Jerusalem. And today, we're going to look at a transformational encounter that Jesus had with Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary. But before we do so, let's begin with a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Remember when you were a small child and you had to have your hair washed? You know, when I was little, I hated to get my hair washed. I knew that the soap would burn my eyes and it would be an unpleasant and even painful experience. I hated to get my hair washed. But I stoically accepted it just as we adults accept death and taxes. But then one day, my mother discovered something called No More Tears Shampoo. Now as many of you might know, No More Tears is a much gentler shampoo with less irritating ingredients. The shampoo specifically designed with babies in mind. You know, tears are an interesting phenomenon. It's true. Tears are an interesting phenomenon. And you know, tears are actually a release mechanism designed to provide us with an emotional release. Scientific studies indicate that crying is actually good for you. It apparently dispels biochemicals from your body, which would otherwise be toxic in your system. It also releases a natural tranquilizer. That's why you often feel so very tired after crying. Crying actually relaxes you. Now, while crying itself may be beneficial for us, the circumstances and events that usually trigger it are not. That's why tears usually symbolize tragedy and suffering. We usually consider tears as something To be avoided. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if we lived in a world where crying, at least crying because of tragedy, was no longer necessary? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was no more tragedy or suffering? Well, today, I would like us to look at tears. And I would like to make three points about tears based on our text from the Gospel of John. The story about the raising of Lazarus. But before I do so, let me invite you to follow along. Obviously, you don't have a handout, but hopefully, there will be a PowerPoint presentation and you can follow the points that I'm going to be making. As usual, I have another three point sermon, so bear with me. But let's begin with the first point. I want to talk about tears this morning based on our text. First of all, we all shed tears. First of all, we all shed tears. Now, no matter who we are, all of us shed tears from time to time. Some of us may be more private than others and choose to not let other people see us cry, but we all shed tears. Let me illustrate that for you. The family and friends of Lori Michelle Dilbeck, Lori Michelle Dilbeck, expected to be shedding tears of happiness at her wedding. Lori had everything going for her. She was an honor student and had just graduated from the University of Texas in Arlington. She also worked as an assistant at an Arlington veterinary clinic and was offered a partnership if she would become a veterinarian. But Lori wanted to become a nurse and so she turned down the opportunity. Lori had her whole life mapped out. She was planning on becoming a nurse and was preparing for the wedding that would unite her with her fiance, Joel Martin. Joel Martin. But none of that was to be. You see, as Lori Dilbet drove her car down a highway in Mesquite, Texas, one afternoon to pick up her wedding portrait, she was hit head on by a drunk driver. She would never marry. Instead of celebrating at her wedding, her family and friends mourned at her funeral. You see, all of us shed tears from time to time because all of us, all of us will experience tragedy. But we don't suffer alone. And that brings us to the second point I want to make about tears based on our two texts today. Second... God knows something about tears. Second, God knows something about tears. After all, Jesus shed a few. Jump back 2,000 years. Jesus' close friend, Lazarus, has died. Now, the Gospel of John specifically tells us that Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. The Greek word that's used here indicates that they were close friends. Now, they probably shared many meals together and had discussed many different things with one another, as friends generally do. But now, Jesus' close friend was dead. So Jesus went to pay his respects to Lazarus' family in Bethany. I want you to notice something here, though. Notice that Jesus is late for his friend's funeral. And he's not just a few minutes late or even a few hours late. He's a few days late and Martha and Mary are hurt that Jesus wasn't present at the funeral. Perhaps he could have healed their brother and prevented this from happening in the first place. But now it's too late. Lazarus has been taken from them, the one they love so much, has been taken from them. Lazarus is gone forever. Now, this is undoubtedly why Martha and Mary were so upset with Jesus. Why hadn't he arrived? Why didn't he come to the funeral? He could have prevented this. But instead, he arrived days later. Why? Why? Now, our scripture reading tells us that when Jesus does finally arrive in Bethany, that apparently someone recognized him and went and informed Martha, the sister of Lazarus. When Martha heard that the master had arrived, she immediately ran out to meet him. And the first words of greeting from her lips were these, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died. Lord, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died. But I know that whatever you ask of God, God will grant it. And then Jesus responds to her with these words. Martha, your brother will live again. And then Martha says, perhaps somewhat bitterly, that's how I imagine it. I know that he'll live again on the day of judgment at the resurrection of us all. But then Jesus responded and said, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? And then Martha makes this wonderful confession of faith. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God, who's to come into the world. Now, no sooner had Martha made that confession than her sister Mary arrived and Mary greets Jesus with the same greeting that Martha had before. Lord, If you'd been here, our brother would not have died. Now, our scripture reading tells us that when Jesus saw Martha and Mary and their friends weeping, that he was deeply troubled and moved in spirit. And then he asked Mary, Where have you placed Lazarus? And Mary responds, Come and see. Come and see. And then we run across the shortest verse in the entire Bible, verse 35. Do you remember that verse? It's only two words. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. You see, Jesus is deeply troubled by tragedy. There are a couple of interesting Greek words that are used in verse 33 of this Lazarus story that I want to touch upon. The first Greek word is the word and that's a mouthful. Now that's a Greek con- contract verb, which means to speak harshly or criticize harshly. But in this context and in the middle voice, it means to be deeply moved in spirit. Be deeply moved in spirit. Now the second Greek word that's used there is also a Greek contract verb, and it's the word terassa. Terassa. It means to trouble, to disturb. To upset, to frighten, to terrify, to stir up. Let me repeat that. To trouble, to disturb, to upset, to frighten, to terrify, to stir up. Now, what this all means is that Jesus is deeply moved and troubled by our tragedy and suffering. Jesus weeps when we weep, He suffers when we suffer. When we hurt, He hurts with us. Now, that may not turn away our tragedy or set aside our sorrow, but it does bring deep meaning into our suffering. You see, the point is, we don't suffer alone. We don't suffer alone. We don't grieve alone. Jesus is there with us, suffering with us. We don't have to do that alone. And that brings us to the third and final point, I want to make based on our text today on tears. Third and finally, someday, someday, there will be no more tears. Someday, there will be no more tears. You know, from time immemorial, tears have been shed over loss, tragedy, and suffering. How many oceans would those tears fill? Are we fated always to live with a life of tragedy? When you're standing in that cold cemetery, staring into the blackness of the ground, waiting to bury a parent, or perhaps your spouse, or worse yet, your child, questions like these are inescapable. Will our existence always be a veil of tears? Are we fated to a life of suffering followed by death, only to be forgotten forever? Well, that might be what despairing atheists tell us, but that's not what the scriptures teach. You see, according to the author of the book of Revelation, a time is coming in which there will be no more death or evil, no more pain or suffering. In other words, a time in which there will be no more tears. The seer of Revelation writes, he will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there will be no more death or suffering, no more crying or pain. These things, the past, are gone forever. You see, the scriptures teach that in Christ, we have everlasting life. You remember what Jesus said to Martha? Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Death doesn't have the last word. Someday, Someday we'll reign together with Christ and there will be no more death or suffering, no more disease and pain, no more tears. I know we live in a frightening world. I know that we live in a world filled with uncertainty. This is a very frightening time for us as we're facing a pandemic that threatens our lives, it threatens our way of life, it threatens our world and the economy. It threatens to destroy everything. That's frightening. We don't know what the future may hold. And perhaps it's the uncertainty that's the worst of all. But this isn't the first time that we've lived through crises that were dangerous. You know, I remember way back when I was about five or six years old, in October of 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, that was a pretty frightening time. And even though I was very young, I could tell from my parents, they were very anxious and very frightened. As the Soviet Union and the U.S. were peering eyeball to eyeball, pointing nuclear missiles at each other while the world was hanging in the balance. So this isn't the first crisis, but the uncertainty is what makes this so bad and so difficult. You know, when we hear politicians and journalists talking like the end of the world is near, we know things are bad. But you know, as Christians, as Christians, we can look up because God promises us a kingdom in which there will be no more tears. So we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear because someday, someday we will be a part of Christ's kingdom in which there will be no more tears. No more fears and no more tears. And isn't that something to rejoice? So we don't have to live afraid. Well, in conclusion, we all shed tears. Jesus knew what it was to shed tears, but he promises us a kingdom in which tears of sorrow will never be shed again. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.